And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Dr. Mu Ji, world-class scientist with ample experience in different branches of life sciences. Dr. Muji discloses through philosophical discord his systematic blueprint for living beyond today's human lifespan, illustrating the great potential of state-of-the-art technologies from an insider's perspective. Today we will talk about his book, How to Rejuvenate and Live 300 Years and Beyond. Dr. Muji, thank you for joining me and welcome. Hi Jeff, thank you for having me. My honor to be here. Thank you. Now, I've learned that bodies usually are supposed to last to about 120 years, and it appears that you're claiming that they can last up to 300 years. How is that possible? For sure, for sure. I mean, uh, of course, they are like nature have gave us a natural cap on how long our body can live, right? And uh, like based on the current observ- observance, like generally people can live probably 100-ish years. Although in some of the like ancient scriptures that people can live much longer, although that we, we don't know that how can they live that long. My book claims that like, you know, like people can live longer is because they are like based on two things. One thing is that based on the observation of other, like our, our relative animals, like for example, other mammals or other like, you know, creatures that uh, are close to us. For example, some of the, the whales can live to 300 years, and there are other like animals can live even longer. That's the reason why, as a human being, I think that if other mammals can reach a lifespan of around like 300 years with the help of modern technology, we should be able to achieve something similar. And that's the reason why I would say, you know, like the aim is for 300 years. And another thing is that, like, based on the, our observation of the trends of the science and technology. So in the past like 10, 20 years, there are a lot of development going on. So if you're asking some people who was like lived hundred years ago, their probably average life expectancy was like 40, 50 years. And like, they cannot imagine that like, people nowadays can live like say hundred years. So like it's the same thing that like we're thinking, nowadays more and more people can live around like 100 years. So it's time to dreaming about like these 300 years. And we see that like, you know, there are so many technology developments that are leading the human life to the next stage. How long do you think it will be or take until we're able to live to 300 years? Well, I mean, I think that like based on many of the like the technology development, it seems like we are very likely to be the lucky generation that like from our generation, we may have some like lucky ones who will be able to like expand their lifespan and reach that like, 300 year goal. However, that you will know that after I would say that 200 ish years later, right? So it, we will need to find it out. I mean, after about like 200 years, but so far, I mean, based on what we have uh, in the arsenal of the scientists and the engineers, it's entirely something achievable. There's one definition I heard of aging, and I think this is the perfect definition, and that is your body's ability to repair itself just gets slower and slower until ultimately it can't keep up anymore. Yeah. So do you know of any of the technologies that are already in place to reverse that? 
I see. So like based on what you're saying, yeah, it's true that like our metabolism will change over time, right? When we are getting older, some of the like expression or activity of the enzymes in our body become like less efficient and they cannot catch up with like what you mentioned, the damages and other lesions to our body. So like, you know, like, it's like, that's the reason why over time people getting aged and getting more and more, more prone to disease. So there are many ways to reverse that. I mean, it's not like that all of those things have been applied to human already, but it seems like many of them have been observed either in animals or that like scientists already know that there is an approach that they can take to reverse that trend. For example, there are some of the, like, the, the little animals, I think, for example, hydras or some octopus, they can rejuvenate by themselves. Like it's like reverse their metabolism and like become their, uh, just turn back time and become young again. And then they relieve their time and then turn, turn back to uh, like become rejuvenated. So, you know, it's like something like that. And scientists have been studying those and know that what, what mechanisms they have conducted and what genes they are reversing to causing this like rejuvenation like effect. So it's something that like, of course, that scientists also have conducted like experiments on like animals trying to like recapitulate the rejuvenation effect as well as like patients. Some scientists are also doing experiments that are trying to expand life expectancy of animals or some on human beings. So taking those together, if we're optimistic about the experiment results, I think they can apply to human beings. It's, it's likely that we are, we are able to like reverse this process. And also that, as you mentioned that like, you know, during time that our body ages and there's more damages to our body, we cannot catch up. So the first thing about like to live 300 years is to keep your body young or re reverse the aging process. That's the reason why that like for this book, the title is how to rejuvenate and then live 300 years and beyond, right? So the big thing is that like how to rejuvenate yourself because like even you, if you, without rejuvenation, even that like you can like spend your lifespan to 300 years, it's very likely that you'll become very aged or old during that time, and you probably won't be able to support all the functions of your body when you're 300 years old. If that's the case, probably living 300 years doesn't really worth it. There's reason why that before that, like preparing for uh, hyper longevity, the first step is to rejuvenate yourself. And that has been discussed in the book about like, you know, the different aspects of aging and how to reverse it and what like technologies will be helpful to uh, help with that. Are there any practical things that we can do in our life today to help start that process? Well, sure. Actually, there are many things. So like in this book that like, I have listed, like in the first part of the book is like just about how to rejuvenate and live 300 years and beyond. And this, there are a lot of like definitions and other series. And after explaining that, this is a practical guide about like, you know, things to do to achieve our rejuvenation and longer lifespan. So to do that, like there are big things that require medical help as well as like gene therapies or gene engineering, but also there are like more practical, like everyday stuff that like even people without a medical or a scientific background, they can do. And like, for example, small things like every day, uh, have a keep a healthy lifestyle or eating healthy food, 
and also like avoid things that can damage your body. I think those are the little things we can practice every day to help us to live longer. I had a guest on probably a few months ago and we talked about the herb astragalus. I'm not sure what the Chinese name is, but I think it's pretty popular in Chinese traditional medicine. That herb is supposed to help repair the telomeres in your DNA. Do you know anything about that? Oh yeah, we, we, telomere maintenance is very important if you want to have a longer uh, like lifespan because they are like as a as a and eukaryotic like life form we have this linear DNA and the, the telomere is the end part of the two ends of our DNA. So each time our DNA, our cells replicate, our DNA shortens. So the telomere will become shorter and shorter. So like the shorter part is the telomere instead of your critical genes. However, the telomere is not indefinitely long. So when it's getting too short, the cell become panicked and its metabolism like change. And also like their gene expression will change. So like there's hypotheses that like, you know, that this is the reason why, you know, like people get, uh, uh, other people getting older, they have like more diseases because their metabolism have changed at a cellular level. So like to do that, like one way is to, you know, elongate your telomere, but one way is through like uh, using telomerase to elongate it directly. Also that like we mentioned, maybe some of the medicines can trigger the like expression of telomerase to elongate the telomere. So like uh, what, based on what I know is that like telomerase maintenance or the activity of telomerase is like highly regulated in our body. So it's hard to, you know, like find a single solution to, you know, like to elongate it uh, over time. So as though that like you mentioned that like some of the herb medicine, they may help that like uh, elongate your telomere to help you live longer. But it's hard to predict in the long term that whether it will be like remains effective, especially uh, from the perspective of 300 years. Since you're a biochemist, you may know the answer to this. I've heard that a copper deficiency results in graying of the hair. Is there any truth to that? Or is there any other way that you can reverse graying of your hair nutritionally? That's a very interesting topic. So, you know, it's a, uh, I'm, I'm a little like an expert on the, about like the grain of hair, but I, what I, based on what I learned that the pigments was not generated like once you are getting older. That's the reason why that like the, the colors faded out over time. That's the reason why you have gray and then white hairs. So like to regenerate that, like you need to like to stimulate the cells so they are producing the pigments as well, and also like keeping those cells alive, right? So those are the things, of course, that like one direct or like brutal ways that using gene therapies to force those cells to, to either like to become active again or generate more like the, the, the pigments of the color of your choice. So those can be, be done, but like it's not a reverse of the process, right? It's like a, a reprogramming of your cells. Uh, however, like you mentioned, maybe there are some of the like medicines or other like uh, agents that are able to do something similar. Uh, however, it's, it seems like there is no universal like solution yet comparing to like gene therapy because you know like what you get. Where are you at on stem cell research? And I've seen an interview with 
I believe it was Joe Rogan and Mel Gibson, where Mel Gibson would fly somewhere, Central America and South or South America, and get some kind of stem cell injections, I think for his shoulder, which he got great results from it. Yeah, that's a very hot topic as well. So there's like, there's two sides of the uh, of things about like stem cell therapy. One side is that like, it's about from the like research perspective, is that like, the core concept of stem cell research is very like very promising, right? You know, like the, it's like a cell that can make whatever cell you want. So they can, if you're thinking about it, you just need to replace it with your like new stem cells, and you get like healed and become young again. However, the truth is, is like you know, stem cells are very complicated, and like it's like it's if you can get some of the like. The stem cells from the baby, that's good. Otherwise, they are from adult cells to recreate a stem cells and program them so that it, you can generate the cells you want. Actually, it's more complicated than like expected. So although there, there are some breakthroughs in certain area, overall, it's still like kind of, you know, needs more, uh, needs more like research and development until it's like totally mature, I would say that. Because I know that some diseases or some treatment is available, but it's not a like ultimate, ultimate like, solution for everything. So from the other side, that uh, because like some of the therapies are more uh, easier and like more mature, actually can find like commercial products there. So actually, like I mentioned, in Central America, and I know that like in uh, like countries in Asia, they also provide like stem cell therapies. Like actually, my grandpa had one of those. Like he feel, he feels younger. However, it's hard to know whether it's uh, really there's an effect or something else. So, but you see that like you know it's a like I said it's a both sides, right? It's one one side there are still a lot of development needed, but on the other side, you can see that like there are so many people already benefit from it. Do you think that we could take a baby and extract some stem cells from it and then put it into some type of like stem cell bank? And then later as the baby ages and needs those cells, it can tap into that bank. Well, sure. I think that's a very, very good idea. And I think it's, I think it's, right now it's pretty common practice because they're like to store cells actually is much easier than, you know, like store uh, a human body, right? If you keep the cells at a cryo temperature, they can live for indefinitely. But however, if you're like frozen a, a human being, it's likely that like our body like structure will be damaged. So yeah, like, so I think that, and also stem cells, you can keep it for so long, although our current technology cannot make full use of them, but maybe after 10, 20 years, you can do more things with that. So I think it's worth it. Can you harvest stem cells from the placenta? Uh, that I think so. Yeah, but I need to like, I'm not an expert on that. I need to take more look at it. Did you write in your book about cultures in ancient times with people living up to 300 years? Yeah, we talked about like in the book since then, the first part is to explore the idea of like rejuvenation and the hyper longevity. So I discussed about, you know, like the, the in ancient scriptures that people are talking about like some of the like other human beings or or like superhuman beings that they can live hundreds of years. 
right? But however, since they are like, we, we are not living at the same time, we cannot ask them directly, hey, how can you live that long, right? So that's unfortunately that we cannot copy their strategy. Or not, however, like nowadays, what we can learn from this, right, are animal friends or other like life forms who can live longer, right? We can live, we can ask them the question, hey, how can you live that long? And the answer is in your DNA. So scientists, by just reading the DNA of those life forms, we get to know like, you know, what's the differences that lead them to live way younger, uh, live way younger and longer, and we can apply them to ourselves using modern technology. So that's one of the core concepts of my book. I watched a TikTok video recently and someone was claiming on that video that they can encode our DNA with computer code. Is that true? Well, I mean, actually, it's very practical. I would say that, like, how do you define, like, programming, right? Things like DNA itself, it's, uh, if you're thinking about it, it's like a computer language, right? So, like, coding of, with four letters, right? A, T, G, C, and using that with, like, different combinations, you have different functions. So, if you say that, like, you know, using computer, you generate a DNA fragment that contain, containing a sequence of your interests, and then like you put it inside yourself and it makes a cell to express or have the function you want, this kind of programming, right? And it's through DNA design or through computerized design. So it is that like you are using a computer to program your DNA. But you think about that, like it's like the DNA having worked this way for billions of years. So it's not that really that like, you know, you are, we are programming uh, our DNA using the our computer. It says the DNA have been programming itself for billions of years. Besides overpopulation, are there any other risks of everybody living to 300 years? Oh, wow. There will be a lot of problems. So, I mean, actually, the, the, the reason why they're like this, the book, my book, the How to Rejuvenate and Live 300 Years and Beyond is different from other books talking about longevity. It's that like, uh, and one thing is that, like, you know, it's talking about a super long life, it's 300 years. And the second part is that it's not only talking about, like, how to get there, right? Because, like, to live is not like you have a lifespan of, like, certain length. It's to live is that you have to live through it day by day. So in the second part of the book, uh, I discuss about, like, different things that you may face or meet in a, like, 300-year lifespan. For example, like you mentioned, uh, like, overpopulation. Right. And also that, like, you know, how to deal with your family and friends. And because like, if you are living 300 years and uh, it's, it's unlikely, it's likely that you will still reproduce at least 100 years. Right. So you will have a bigger family than you have right now. And also that your children will have grandchildren. Also, grandchildren will have grandchildren. So if you live 300 years and based on my calculation, we have like 12 generations in the family. So that would be a problem for some of, the, some of our friends, right? It's because yeah, you have to remember the names of probably 120 people and they are all your like sons and grandsons. And then you, you, know, you need to remember their birthdays and have parties like every other day. So yeah, it's a lot of things that would be different. Also like another thing that's interesting is about finance, right? So 
uh, inflation, if you think about it, it's like 3% every year, as we know it's not true based on last year. So if we have a 3% inflation, then over 300 years, you need to like save a lot of money to support yourself. So uh, can you imagine that like how much money you need to save right now to have the buying power of $1 after 300 years? I don't know if you watched that show Star Trek, but I remember there was an episode where they came upon a planet that people lived for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, and they were so overpopulated that you could almost barely walk. They had achieved that because they had cured every disease and they were actually begging them to give them a new disease that they've never, you know, were able to cure just to kind of thin out the population. Yeah. And what you're speaking of, I would think that we have to be able to colonize other planets just to, you know, accommodate oh, yeah. that amount of people. So actually, I mean, in the second bar, part of the book, we also talked about like overpopulation. So there's two, uh, uh, like two possible ends of it. Like one, one end is called like social class. Right, it's like the as though that we think that without disease or everybody can live longer, we will have more people. But actually, maybe it's not true. So in the sixties, there's some scientists did a, like very famous like sociology like experiment. It's called like the mouse universe. So what they do is that like they have a bunch of mouse and uh, mice and gave them like indefinitely like food and drink and like living space. So that they had created as a huge, like what they call a mouse universe, then can like live about like 8,000 mouse. And then they throw in like, I think it's 20 or 30 to start with. So we will think that, well, you know, you will end up with uh, the mouse universe that like, overpopulated with mice, right? However, the truth is actually the, although in the beginning, the mouse population like grow exponentially for like a couple of years, and then they plateau only with like about 2,000. And then, you know, like the whole mouse society just collapsed and they don't like reproduce and they don't eat and become angry and that. And then actually, I think it's by year five, most of the mice just died and there are only like 20 or 12 left. So, you know, that could be one end, right? As though it's like, we think that like we will have overpopulated. And actually it's uh, something that happens in Asian countries. If you look at like Japan or Korea or now China, you know, like they're, the people are not, the new generation, their birth rates drop like so significantly because like probably they are already reached the plateau. Although the land can support more people, but you know, you see that like the population started to decrease. Another potential end of like overpopulation is like called the evolution. It's very, it's a very like, uh, you know, trendy word in China. It means that like, you know, since they're like, the only just so many jobs out there and you have so many people. So it's like, you, it's everything is overqualified. It's like that you have a doctoral degree so you can have some basic work, just like that. So it's like, it's very unfortunate sometimes you think about it because that like, you are all the like education and you know, all the like, uh, all the times used for to learn those skills are wasted because like, you know, as though like, because you have to be qualified for some basic work for with a like PhD or MD, it, it's not worth it. So, I mean, speaking of like overpopulation, I think those are the potential trends. And I, 
I hope that if everybody can live 300 years, we don't have to, you know, have to live like that. What inspired you to write this book? That's a very interesting. Yeah. So I started to, well, I mean, I think everybody have, when they were young, they would have a dream about, you know, how long can I live? And you know, can I live a longer because you were young, you were energetic, you were thinking about, you know, the future. So I started have the idea of this book when I was like studying in one of the top medical schools for my PhD. So I met uh, a guy who become my working partner who have developed this new like gene delivery system. So that's uh, it's a very convenient. I would think that we can use it to like reprogramming our DNA. That's uh, so we were thinking about you know, how can we use it. And uh, like many people who uh, form startups in like medical schools, we're thinking about like curing disease. But at the time we were thinking that we want to dream big. So what's the biggest disease that like will kill everyone in the end? So that is aging, right? So we want to use this new gene delivery system to, you know, to cure aging. So, and then like to answer that question, the first thing saying is that like as a scientist at times say like, is aging curable? Like what is aging, right? We, we need to know more about it. So we started our own research and luckily we, I have been studying the molecular mechanism of life for a long time and know many of the key opinion leaders in the field and have talked with them and learn about their opinion and also you know like reviewing the latest papers and see the progress of science and to know like you know different aspects of it and also like how to achieve it with gene delivery and other things so that's the origination of the book now you look very youthful. Is it possible that you are 60 or 70 years old and you're not telling us what you're up to? No, well, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 30, 40. I'm not like 60. <laughs> well, if I'm 60 and like still look like this, I think my, my book is more persuasive. From what I understand, the first steps is to live a clean lifestyle. And, you know, which is probably no drugs, no alcohol, maybe even no caffeine. I'm not sure. And I guess you would also add exercise. But is there anything else that we can take, either herbal or over the counter, that will help rejuvenate us? Actually, in the in the, in the first part book about like you know uh, how to achieve a longer life, I we had talk about like different like nutritional supplements or herbal medicine and things like that. The thing is that like, it's, it's hard to tell at the point because that there are two aspects. One thing is that like, as you can see, it's, it's either like urban medicine or modern medicine. As say, like, many of them, it's, it's not for everyone, right? So you need like personal, personalized approach because everyone's body is different. And as you need to find the balance for yourself, right? So I don't, so that's the reason why I didn't give a, like a direct recommendation for some of those. Another thing is that, like, you know, so right now, uh, it's hard to find like one, a single like herb medicine or more than medicine. I'll say, hey, this will be the drug that you take it and it can be 300 years. Because the, actually, the answer to that is very simple is that your body is complicated, right? And you, people tend to use a sim simple answer or a single answer to answer a complicated problem. That's, that's a, everybody's dream. However, that's not the case. If you look at like, you know, how doctors uh, treat patients, you know, there's not, there's no drug for everyone. And also like the dosage also like needs to be adjusted. That's the reason why, you know, like 
we, it's hard to predict that, you know, there's only one drug that can make you live longer. Maybe a combination of those, but however, so far there is no like, you know, solid research saying, hey, you know, taking blah, 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 and you can live longer. That's the reason why that we have like, I have a list in the book and we talk many, uh, talk about many of them. However, uh, I don't really have a like direct recommendation because they are, everybody is different and you need to know more based on your own experience. Are you experimenting anything personally? I see. So, I mean, I think gene delivery, like gene therapy is like why I'm uh, like interested in. And we have this technology. That's why really I try some like gene uh, delivery or gene therapy. Uh, but it's not like the traditional gene therapy because like art. So the traditional or like the current like gene therapy is that like, you know, they deliver a gene to your body and it's replacing your own genes, right? And it's for, you know, it's usually for curing disease. However, there are risks associated with it because like based on current technology, their delivery system could like, you know, like put something external to your body, which I don't personally favor. And also that like their like gene modification technology may randomly, you know, replace a part of your, uh, or of your genome that you don't want to replace. So those are the risks. But like the gene delivery I'm talking about is that our system is, you know, like it's delivering a gene into your body. However, it's not replacing your own gene. It's a, delivering to your body and it's only like do its function replace and it's been degraded. So there's no like long-term worry uh, for now. So I was doing those kind of gene delivery uh, instead of like, you know, the, the more standard gene therapy and think that's like, it's, it's like taking a medicine, right? But it's a gene medicine. I recently saw an article where they were almost ready to grow babies in like incubators. Have you seen that? Do you know what I'm speaking about? Yeah, yeah. actually there, I think into, there, it was like, I think half a year ago, there was like news that like they were growing, I think it's land babies, right? Or it's, uh, it's I cannot remember whether it's sheep or it's a land, uh, or sheep or it's a goat. There's a like growing of land babies from a, from a bag. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, if it's like mature, then like I think our female friends can be relieved because, you know, like they, they don't need to, have the burden of like giving birth to your babies anymore. But, you know, it's like, those are, that's why I saying that like technology have been like advanced so much, you know, like there are so many, like, since that's, you know, uh, I would say that like 50 years ago, you told other uh, told people that like, hey, you can do, you can do like grow babies for incubators. So they won't believe it, but you know, nowadays you become true again, so. Yeah, it's very interesting to see all the development of technologies. Do you think they're able to clone a human being yet? Well, I mean, the traditional cloning actually, I mean, I think it's 1997, right? So after that, I think it's uh, just like there are like ethical groups that are like banning the cloning of human beings. Otherwise, I think it's very close. It's like, you know, it's not like we cannot do it. It's really that scientists are not allowed to do it. But who knows, maybe there are some crazy scientists already done it already. So I, I remember it's like last year, there was like, uh, uh, there was uh, experiments conducted by Chinese scientists. They are merging like human and uh, monkey and uh, another animal. 
and and they grow it to an embryo and then they like kill it at 16 weeks so that like it's not like it's still ethical but it's like is it already demonstrated that, hey they can do it right they, it's not cloning human beings anymore it's like this cloning an alien or an, a mutant so you know so it's, it's really that like it's really that like the policies are preventing scientists are doing it, but it's not like they cannot do it. Maybe those mythological creatures of like half man, half bull, there's some reality to them, you know, that there was cloning going on in ancient times. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Since we, we know so, so, so little about like what are capable, they are, they were capable to do. Right. So maybe they already achieved all all these and they already know, and they choose not to do it anymore. <laughs> Who knows? What are your thoughts on Elon Musk's company Neuralink? And from what I understand, they basically want to hook the, the internet straight into your brain. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I, we have talked about, about this in the book as well. And there's a paragraphs or paragraphs like discussion about it. And personally, I'm not very, although I think it's definitely it's useful. But I'm not like very confident that like it will like you know become as good as we expect it to be because the one thing is that like our neurons are so sophisticated like our brains I think have like 150 trillion like neuron connectors which is like the like 70 80 times of the number of galaxies in the observed universe so that's how complicated our brain is. Right, and there's no way that like you can detect the signals of all of them at once. Of course, like, you can't have a rough signaling of like an electrical like bump or or a, a a peak or something that you can detect. However, how do you like dissect that to get to know like each single one of them? It doesn't seem likely, right? So th- because that will be a bottleneck of our technology because those will be microscopic enough so that we cannot check it. So, you know, then since you won't have the best signal, then it will be hard to uh, make all the analyses or follow-ups uh, response to it to be less effective. That's, based on that, I'm not optimistic that like, hey, you can, we can know everything about our brain or we can really like copy our brain to live in a computer or something. But definitely on the other hand, I was thinking that like by picking some like sim- simple signals or like or have a rough, rough idea of what we are thinking, they can help us, right? Like do some things that maybe like make a phone calls or, you know, like book some tickets. I think that's achievable. But if I have a total control, like, uh, you know, or have a replica of our brain, I think it's well, it's hard to achieve. As I would say that I hope they can achieve it so that I, we can all like, live a happy life, being, uh, have a happy virtual life, right? But it's just like, I, I admire the complexity of life. I know this is not your specialty, but I just kind of want to take this in this direction anyways. What is your definition of consciousness? Wow, that's a... That's a Big question. And I think that it will become like philosophical very quick. So, I mean, I like from the scientist perspective, right? You know, it's a, it's a, just a combination of electrical signals, right? That's it. But like, just how fascinating this signal is, right? I mean, give us like feel that we know like who we are, 
and we can you know can feel the world we can have like responses it's just so nice and uh, i don't know i don't know whether there is something that like at a higher level about it right because it just like we only because we are as scientists we only have a certain tools that we can explain about the physical world and that's the only thing we can explain actually that right we only know that what we see what we can like detect with the modern tools and then we say hey those are the things we know and we know they are there but whether there are things that we cannot de detect and still there we don't know yeah it could be i had a guest who was a harvard neurosurgeon and he was telling me about another neurosurgeon's research. He was explaining to me that you can cut out any part of the brain and you will not lose long-term memory. You will only lose the ability to change short-term memory into long-term memory. So what he's suggesting is that our memories are not even stored in the brain long-term. They're stored somewhere in the quantum field or quantum hologram. Oh, that's cool. And I have seen some of the researches that like, you know, like for some of the like, patients who have like severe brain damage, like parts of the brain was like knocked out by like car accidents of them or something. They still like are functional or they remember things. So it's hard to explain that like if you have the, it's not like computers, right? You know where your memory stick is and you pack it out and it's all gone. But to our brain, it's more like complicated. Like I mentioned, it's probably it's a, it's a combination of signals that makes this happen. But of, of course, we're trying to cover it with what science already know, right? But there is something that we don't know, we don't haven't detected yet. We, we cannot explain that. That's just it. If people want to find your book, is it best to get it on Amazon or somewhere else? Yeah, you can find the book on Amazon. And actually, I think in most of the online platforms that sell books, you can find my book up there. Do you have a website? Oh, yep, it's called like 300euros.com. If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, are you up for it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's best to contact you through your website? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Sure. Uh, just be positive and live longer. Dr. Muji, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.